Hebrews chapter 13 Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Hebrews chapter 13 Those verses are in your bulletin along with notes for the sermon. We've been going through the book of Hebrews verse by verse, mainly paragraph by paragraph. If you have a Bible that does not have paragraphs but just separated verses, I encourage you to get one because it was written in paragraphs. And a lot of teaching out there is based on verses pulled out of context because people don't have Bibles written in paragraphs. And so they're available. You look for them. There's even some old school King James versions that have a symbol where there's going to be a paragraph, but then they don't put it in a paragraph. So I just encourage you, that's not just a soapbox, but I think it's something very important. Our text says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. If you've not been here in the last few weeks, I really encourage you to listen to the talks the last two Sundays. Two Sundays ago, we spoke on honoring marriage, and last Sunday we spoke on honoring singles. I think you will do well to take heed to the biblical instructions concerning relationships, whether you're married or single. If you're single, you're not a second-class citizen. Many of the Bible heroes are single people, including the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who's betrothed to us as his bride. Verse 5, let your conduct be without covetousness, selfishness, wanting something that doesn't belong to you. Literally, it means let your life be without the love of money. The love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. You can love money whether you have lots or whether you have none. You can love money and have lots of spending power and get yourself in a lot of debt. So the scriptures tell us not to do that. This chapter's kind of blown up on us, not just because we're getting at the end of Hebrews, but Hebrews, Hebrews has been a declaration of the greatness of Jesus, how he's superior to everything. Now here at the end of the book, here comes application. Because Jesus is great, because we live under his lordship, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a quintuple negative statement in the Greek language. Literally, he says, I will never not leave you nor, which is a negative statement, never not forsake you. That's not bad language in Greek. That's emphasizing the negative. Who knows, we can be assured that the Lord's not going to leave us. So we may boldly say, and let's say it together, the Lord is my helper. Let's say that again. I will not fear. 
What can anybody do to me? <laughs> Remember those who rule over you, who've spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. As young people, sometimes we want to turn a deaf ear to older people because they're so old school in their way of doing things. But those that have gone before us have wisdom that education can't give. They've gone to the school of hard knocks. They've earned the right to be leaders. And we do well to let them lead in our lives and be a voice. Why do you want to take advice and bank your future on somebody that has no experience because of their youthfulness? We don't want to despise youthfulness, but there is a place for all generations. Can I get an amen? amen. Take heed to that. We'll come back to that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Those two verses are in the same paragraph. They go together. Jesus is the same. Beware of an upgraded Jesus. Beware of homeboy Jesus. Or cool Jesus. Or hipster Jesus. Or redneck Jesus. <laughs> or political Jesus. Or machine gun Jesus. Beware of all that stuff. We want the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures warn us against other gospels. We come under those, we're bewitched. Do not be carried about with various doctrines, various teachings. For it is good that the heart be established by grace. Who's been saved by grace? Not with foods which have not profited those who've been occupied with them. Now, this book was written to Hebrew believers scattered across the Roman Empire, Jewish folks who lived under dietary laws. And so the controversial thing was Gentiles becoming believers and being grafted into the new Israel, being made part of the new covenant, following a Jewish Messiah as their Lord. Do they have to observe the dietary meals? Scripturally, the elders of the church met together and heard from the Holy Spirit, and it's not true. We do not have to. Now, it might be a good idea as far as your health is concerned, but if you talk to people at the health food store, they would make you think you're more righteous based on what you eat. We are not righteous based on what we eat. We're not righteous because we're more healthy. We are righteous because of grace. Grace, 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 grace. So we don't want to be over-occupied. Another controversy in that day was whether or not the food you're eating was offered to an idol, blessed in the name of an idol. If they knew it, they were not to partake of it. But if they didn't know it, it was suggested by Paul that they not ask. Just because we know everything's sanctified by God, right? So these, these things are not really controversy in our day, but we have other controversies in our day that people will add to God's will for us. If you want to really be righteous, then you won't do this, or you will do that. Or you'll dress this way, or dress that way. Not that we want to dress lewd and defraud everyone around us by our lack of modesty, but being righteous is not a hairstyle. It is not a dress code. It is a position that God has given to us by his mercy, because of his grace. Can we say grace? 
Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your word would come alive to us in such a way that we would leave here different than the way we came, that we would hear at least three things that we would embrace and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to speak to you today on what to beware. Who knows, there's things we need to beware in life, beware of. And what to be aware of. Who knows, there's things we need to be aware of. So there's things to beware and things to be aware. That's what we're talking about today. The spirit in which I come is based on 1 Thessalonians 5.14. We exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded or the faint-hearted, support the weak, be patient toward all men. So if I sound a little mean, just keep in mind, pastor's not being judgmental. He's just trying to warn us who are unruly, those of us that are unruly, and he's trying to comfort us who are discouraged. And we want to be patient toward all people, right? So if you see someone tomorrow disobeying the word, you want to be gracious. Who knows God's been gracious with us, right? All right, so let's move right on. Beware of dishonoring marriage. Marriage is honorable among all in the bed undefiled, verse 4 says. Beware of dishonoring marriage. It is more than just a piece of paper. It is an institution instituted by God. And it is worthy of respect and honor and held in high esteem. So important is it that the Lord Jesus Christ relates his relationship to us as a marriage. In heaven, his betrothed, that is the church, will be united with him in holy matrimony at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is why in heaven we are single. Because the Lord's not a bigamist. We'll have glorified bodies. We'll be out of our singleness. Why well, I want to be married to you forever. I know the songs say that. And I know there's a particular religion that will marry you permanently, but it's not true. It's not biblical. In heaven, we're not angels, but we're like the angels. They're not married or given in marriage. And that is a blessing for those of us that may be in a tough situation. Can you imagine being in that tough situation for eternity? Hallelujah. Speaking of marriage, Proverbs 5 has this to say. Drink water from your own cistern. Let everyone have their own wife, the Bible says, or their own husband. And running water from your own well. I should have warned you, this is a PG-13 sermon. So you may want to stop up your G-rated ears. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water on the streets? Let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. He's using metaphors for being devoted to your marriage. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and a, meta, and a metaphor, as a loving deer and a graceful doe. Now he's going to stop using metaphors. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Now, single guys, this is talking to married men. Why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, 
and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. The scriptures warn us, God will judge fornicators and adulterers. How will he do it? Allowing us to reap the consequences of which we are warned. Unfaithfulness will destroy your marriage. Well, I'm not married. Unfaithfulness will destroy your future marriage. It's Singleness is a time, if you're going to get married, to develop self-control so that when you do get married, you can be true to your mate. Because we get married for every scenario, good times and bad times, richer, poorer, sickness, health, prosperity, and adversity. At all times, we are faithful to one another. I will not read this passage, but it does warn the young man who is swayed by a seductress that if you want to go to hell, go to her house. And ladies, you can just switch the genders around in that verse. It applies to you because there's plenty of seductive men around to stay away from. So beware and be aware. Beware of discontent. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Are you going to eat today? Are you warm? Are you covered up? Something to be thankful for. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all evil. The translators inserted the word all kinds of evil, just to drive the point home. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Now there is preaching out there in radio land, TV land, the internet, that would disagree with this verse, that we're supposed to want to be rich, that as Reverend Ike said, you can't lose with the stuff I use. It's green power. Don't tell me about no white power, black power, brown power, but green power. I'm telling you, if you love money, it will get a hold of you because there's always a danger of losing it. Who's checked their 401ks? We, our contentment comes from the Lord, not from the economy, right? Now, this isn't dissing rich folks. Those people God has blessed with that, you need to know life isn't easy for all of us, rich or poor. And if you're an American, you are rich. Just ask anyone in the third world. Well, I'm on food stamps. You're rich. You're rich. But you, O oh man of God, flees these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. These are the things we're to be pursuing. And the Lord will take care of us. Solomon, at one time, had been the wisest man that ever lived. But he married so many women, they turned his heart away from the Lord. And he was probably the richest man that has ever lived. And in his book, Ecclesiastes, which is really a, a book full of disappointment from this guy, he chased everything the world says you need to chase and found it's all vanity, 
all emptiness. Look at what he says about riches. Ecclesiastes 2.10, he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Someone asked, I think either Warren Buffett or someone else, when is enough enough? And he said, it's always just a little bit more. Verse 11, when goods increase, they increase who eat them. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. As you gain wealth, so you will gain people trying to get that wealth. You see that? So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? We had a young man grow up in a youth group who won the lottery. It was a team effort. They did some wise things. They went and got a lawyer and a financial planner and did other things. But his parents had to change their phone number because of all the harassing phone calls that began to come. As riches increase, so increase those who will eat those riches. Verse 12, the sleep of a laboring man is sleep, is sweet. You ever work hard and you feel good, you fall asleep? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much. He doesn't have much to lose. But the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. So Solomon was living under the threat of other people wanting to come get him, a foreign kings. This is one of the reasons why he would marry a wife, to try to make peace with someone that was after his riches. Make your daughter rich, maybe you'll leave me alone. Verse 13, there is a severe evil which I have seen under the sun. Riches kept for their owner to his own hurt. You've never seen a hearse full of U-Haul, right? But those riches perish through misfortune. When he begets a son, there's nothing in his hand. Our kids are born broke, right? As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor which he may carry away in his hand. All you'll have in that casket will be what your family allows you to have. They may let you have that watch, but you don't know at the last minute the undertaker could open the lid and take it. Who's going to tell, right? It happens. Well, I'm going to wear a nice suit. You'll wear a nice suit if they put it on. You ever heard of a funeral suit? It's a suit that has no backside. This looks really nice. I don't know if they exist. If they do, find it and let me know. Here's something you don't see every day. <laughs> Hearses normally don't have trailer hitches. Why? They're for burying the dead. You leave this stuff behind. Get all you can and can all you get for who? So my family can be trust fund babies and turn into addicts. <laughs> All right, enough ranting about that. Be aware, God will never leave us. He himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never not leave you, nor never not forsake you. John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Who's heard of the Holy Spirit? 
a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me through my Holy Spirit. Because I live, you will live also. Can we say it together? The Lord is my helper. Verse 23 of John 14, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, there's the helper, the Lord is my helper, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I will not fear what man can do to me. In chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus said, but when the helper comes, can we say the Lord is my helper? When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who descends from the Father, he will testify of me. Let's say it again. The Lord is my helper. Our eldest grandchild's name, Preston. When he was two, his mama began to teach him memory verses. This portion of the verse, he didn't say Hebrews 13, 6b, and then give the text. He just gave the text. Here he is. Ready? What's the, your memory verse? The world is mine, helper. Good. Say it again. The world is mine, helper. Good. The Lord is your what? He's your helper? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There's more to you, if you're a believer, than meets the eye. There's more to you than meets the eye. If you weigh 700 pounds, there's more to you than meets the eye. If you weigh 98 pounds, there's more to you than meets the eye. Because the Lord is your helper, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. He's got your back. There's more to you than meets the eye. So you have no reason to live a life full of phobias and fears. Beware of disrespecting leadership. Remember those who rule over you, who've spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. You want to follow someone whose life is bearing fruit. You want to follow someone who's experiencing outcomes in life that are contentment, peace. They're not owing folks money. They're taking care of their business. They're faithful. These are the people you want to go to for advice. Not the guy living in his mom's garage wearing Star Wars pajamas. <laughs> he might be a cool guy to play video games with, but he's not someone you go to for advice. He has no right to rule over you. He needs someone to rule over him. I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. I was just <laughs> quoting a mean preacher I heard once. <laughs> be aware the Lord does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no upgraded Jesus. There is a better known Jesus because, you know, we approach the Lord with our prejudices, our perceptions, 
our perspective, our religious background. Jesus is the same. And he may not be exactly like he was portrayed to you when you were growing up. Get to know the real Jesus because he doesn't change. He doesn't shift with the times. He doesn't pay attention to opinion polls. He's the Lord of lords, the King of kings. You want to get to know him? Read about him in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Revelation. You know what the title of Revelation is? The full title is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Read that book and look for Jesus. Don't get lost in all the other things happening. Look for Jesus. In fact, that, that book opens with an encouraging word to say, blessed is he who reads and does the things that are in this book. So look for Jesus in that book and look for things to do in light of the lordship of Jesus. Beware of strange teachings. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. Whatever the controversy of the day is, you know, whether it's, I don't want to go anywhere and just offend somebody unnecessarily, but there's things people argue about all the time that at the end of the day, you know, it could be the latest science research on something that's going to be disproved 10 years from now. When's the last time you used a leech for therapy? <laughs> Used to be a medical practice, so we'll just leave that one alone. 1 Timothy 4 warns, Paul warns his younger protege, now the Spirit expressly says, this is something the Holy Spirit's clearly saying, that in latter times some will depart from the faith. Can we say the faith? The faith. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and teachings or doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. There's a denomination that forbids their leadership to be married. That is contrary to Scripture. That is following a seducing spirit, a doctrine of demons. That's what he's saying. And commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good. Anybody hungry? And nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So it's good to bless our food. Set it apart. Say, Lord, make this nutritious to my body. Colossians 2.20 Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concerns things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Who knows the flesh will indulge in not indulging? True. Mbolawayo Zimbabwe was a European guy who went on a 40-day fast, and he bragged every day of the fast that when I'm done with this fast, there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles and amazing stuff. 
He was indulging and not indulging. And guess what happened? He got hungry. <laughs> and uh, I think he got into some strange doctrines. When uh, no signs and wonders happened, he became vulnerable to error. Chapter 2 continues, verse 16 of Colossians. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. That's what the law is about. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, that's Jesus, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Don't let anybody judge you because you're not keeping certain customs. If you live a life that's not contrary to the teachings of Jesus and you're pursuing him with all your heart and asking him for the power to obey him, you don't need all this extra stuff. God's grace is enough to save us. In fact, his grace is more than enough. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But in his grace, he chose to show us unmerited favor. And that gives us strength. If you owed someone a great debt, this is based on a parable of Jesus, if you owed someone a great debt and you were forgiven that debt, would your level of appreciation be higher than if you were forgiven a small debt? You'd appreciate either debt, right? Somebody forgave me of 20 bucks. Somebody forgave me of a couple grand. Who would feel the most love? That's grace. God deals with us in such a way to break our hearts where we live a life based on appreciation and not condemnation. Inspiration, not perspiration. Revelation and not desperation. Watch this. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved. An alcoholic. Failure. Agnostic. Partier. Liar. Drug addict. A wretch. Like me. I once was broken. Resentful. Helpless. Depressed. Out of control. Abandoned. Selfish. Self-destructive. Angry. Confused. Just lost. But now. I'm sober. Happy. Peaceful. Grateful. Free. Alive. Forgiven. I'm found. I was blind. To God. To faith. To love. Pero ahora, yo veo. I see that I matter. I see past my problems. I see my Savior. I see grace. Amazing grace. Twas grace that taught my heart. 
was inspired by John Newton, who wrote it, a man unworthy of grace, a man whose ship shipped slaves from Africa, many of whom died on their journey to the Americas. He was convicted, became a believer, and leaned on the grace of God to keep from being overwhelmed by condemnation. If you're here today and as Ed Dale shared earlier when he felt someone was here who'd slipped off the rock. If you're here today and you've slipped off the rock, welcome home. Well, I'm not worthy. None of us are. We're here because of grace. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for extending favor to us when we were not and are not worthy, you have blessed us beyond words. Help us, Lord, to receive it. In spite of pride, wanting us to reject it because we don't deserve, Lord, we thank you that we need your grace. And we receive it by faith. Lord, we want to give you honor and glory, dominion and power throughout all eternity for what you did for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the things that you've warned us about and the things that you're blessing us with that we need to be aware of. Lord, may we not forget your countless blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Gathered at the highest throne Welcome by a melody An anthem
in honor of the Lord, we just bow in reverence before him. Just bow your heads. If you're here today and you want to give your life to the Lord for the first time or for the thousandth time, you want to get back on the rock, can you just raise your hand? Just hold it up for a minute. I, I want to pray for you. See one hand, another hand. Any other, anyone else? Another hand. Okay, saints, let's pray together. Oh God in heaven, God in heaven I, call on your name. I call on your name. I say, Lord Jesus, say, Lord Jesus I, give you my life. I give you my life. Make me yours. Make me yours. I thank you that you'll never leave me. Forgive me for leaving you. I'm coming back to you for the first time or the thousandth time. Plant my feet on your rock. Become my rock, Lord. Lord, I pray that you do that. In the life of every person that raised their hand and the lives of those who didn't raise their hand but could have or should have. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen your people, that you'd make them planted on the solid 